Hi, welcome back to a Trafficking Free America podcast. My name is Jeremy, and I'm going to be hosting this episode. Today is our last deep dive into Advocate, uh, as far as like deep diving into each episode. Um, And today we're going to be talking about episode five, um, which is uh, the last uh, video currently in the Advocate series. Um, If you haven't watched it yet, you haven't heard about it, um, please go to AdvocateSeries.com and download those videos for free. Um, and download our study guide for free. In this episode of five, in this episode five, it's it, I think a lot of people are starting to feel a lot more action steps toward. All right, how is the church going to respond? How should I respond to the education I just received? But before um, I get in, we get into like uh, you know love and action, which is like the, um, the the name of this episode. I want to make sure that everyone understands that education never stops. Conversation and um, listening to new stories and listening to um, survivors and listening to uh, really anything around um, modern day human trafficking is very important that we continue educating ourselves and continue the conversation. Um, One of the things we're making sure that we we continue doing is sharing stories and sharing more educational um, insights uh, as to what's going on and how we can uh, respond to it by creating content on a continual basis. So obviously this podcast is uh, one of those that the U.S. Institute of Consumer Trafficking offers. Uh, You can also go on our social media accounts and see the many stories that we put together. Um, And it's a way for you to also share those um, stories, share those insights with others in your community so that we can continue raising awareness and educating ourselves and having um, a game plan on what to do. Um, Today we're going to talk to Kevin Malone, the founder of U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. Um, Kevin, you know, you saw him in episode one sharing his heart about how his heart was broken and ultimately called into fighting human trafficking. Um, you know, if you don't know Kevin Malone, his background is uh, in baseball. He was a re- he was a scout and uh, ultimately um, uh, retired. as uh, He was the GM of uh, the Dodgers um, back in the 90s. Um, so uh, I don't think uh, when he started out his career in baseball, he was like, Eventually, I'm going to fight human trafficking, <laughs> which kind of gives, you know, the idea that, like, God can call anybody in many ways. And uh, God could be calling you to do um, basic or um, intensive steps. And Kevin was called to take some intensive steps by creating multiple organizations to um, help combat human trafficking in our nation. You know, I think he's kind of come to grips with a man of his age and, and seeing uh, all this. He's probably He probably won't see... Um, human trafficking end in his lifetime, but he wants to make sure that he um, does what he can while he's here. Kevin's kind of like, it, 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 I think he's at the point where if, if the big C church doesn't take this, then then all, all of my efforts might you know, start diminishing. And, and he wants to see the church ultimately uh, take this. He knows that the direction that Jesus has called us to is the church taking this and, and ultimately preparing his kingdom. Um, we talk in this episode and we've talked about it in another one about like how Jesus is going to win. Jesus is going to win. Like human trafficking will end whether it happens before or after, you know, once, whether it happens before or when Jesus comes and, 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 and restores his kingdom on earth. But ultimately we all know he's going to win. Christ will win. So what are we worried about? What are we scared of? What are we, what are we holding back? And, Part of the journey of Jesus winning, I promise you, is the church responding to evils like this in the world. That's literally what Jesus has called us to do. 
And so I want us to, um, you know, uh, make sure that we're having open minds and, and our hearts are in the right place as we listen to episode, uh, as we watch episode five of Advocate series and then listen to this deeper dive. And, uh, when Kevin talks about like, we need to follow the Bible again, like it's like, he's like, God has called us to do this. Like it's kind of black and white about what God has called us to do. So why aren't we doing something? So I want us to make sure that we're hearing inspiration, um, you know, uh, and not, um, like, you know, guilt trip or anything like that. Exactly what Francis said in episode one of the Advocate series. This is not a guilt trip. This is inspiration, an inspiration for us to do something. And we wanted to help make it possibly an easier process to start becoming involved by creating this Advocate series. And so, um, listen to this episode, get a little bit more inspired on, on, on ways you can act. You know, Kevin gives a lot of like random ideas of like, these are things that I've seen done or people can do that, that have been affecting, um, you know, the, the, the combating human trafficking from small to large. And so listening to this, you might, you might be inspired on some ways that your gifts and talents could, could match up to, um, ultimately helping those who are marginalized, those who are currently in trafficking and those who we can help prevent human tra- trafficking from happening. And also ways to really end the demand, end the demand of, of buyers wanting um, to buy. You know, if we can, if there are no buyers, there is no market. Um, and we and we have a strong approach to making sure that we um, combat human trafficking by combating the idea of anyone can be bought, of a buyer can actually buy. Like that's sort of the first um, step. And we talk a little bit about that today. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Kevin Malone. Hey, Kevin, thanks for uh, uh, joining us on our our last episode as we talk about episode five of the Advocate series. So you you obviously are the president and uh, founder of US Institute and have been along this whole journey as we've been making this. But how are you feeling about this series as it comes to an end, man? Well, I'm excited about it. I think that first and foremost, I give uh, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, all the glory and honor because I believe he's anointed this this series. These five episodes are amazing. I think that it's going to wake up believers, those that profess to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It's going to wake up the church, but not only wake them up, but there's a call to action. There's an opportunity for people that watch advocate to get involved and really be a difference maker. Uh, and there's not a fear in not being able to do anything because this advocate series will provide you with different ways to get involved in the fight that can make a difference. So, uh, I believe God is a God of excellence and I try to pursue excellence in everything I do. And I'm grateful that, uh, this, this series, this advocate series is excellent. And I don't usually give out high praise. Uh, I've been in the sports world, major league baseball for 17 years and excellence is not easily achieved, but I believe that you, Jeremy and Jack and all those involved in, this Advocate series uh, did this with excellence, and I just thank the Lord that uh, if anybody watches it, and I hope a lot of people do, it's a game changer, and it's a uh, it's going to make a difference, I believe, in our efforts to eradicate human trafficking in the United States. You know, um, <clears throat> when you first uh, heard about human trafficking, 
and you know you share your story in episode one about like how you went on an episode uh, you went on a uh, a mission trip with Francis, and uh, your heart was broken seeing how children were trafficked, and, and then you saw that's happening in the states. You knew you knew you needed to be moved to something like this. Like, what was um as you started to become educated about uh, human trafficking in uh, our nation and and whatnot, like and starting to understand the modern day human trafficking, what was your first approach to it? You know, before the action, what was, what was the mindset you wanted to make sure was in place? Well, I felt like God was probing my heart to learn about it. So I think God does that in different ways. He plants seeds. He tries to wake up people uh, in America in regards to certain issues. And I think I just felt the probing of God to research, study, do everything I could personally to learn about what was happening in regards to human trafficking, specifically child sex trafficking in the United States. And I was surprised, kind of shocked that it was going on, but there wasn't a lot of information about it, that people that knew about it really weren't talking about it. It, This was 10, 12 years ago when I first started uh, getting involved in fighting child sex trafficking that people were, weren't aware of it. They were, they were thinking it was a foreign country problem, which it is, but people, and they still don't, even to today, don't understand how prevalent a problem that we have in the United States with child sex trafficking. And as you know, and, and most people know in the fight, American men are the number one consumers of, of sex, of paying for sex and paying for sex with children raping children, so to speak, uh, is the best way of saying it. So I was just surprised, Jeremy, that that people really were, weren't were aware of it, or, or if they were, they didn't really give it its just due in pursuing learning more about it. And with that being said, little was being done in the fight. Uh, people looked the other way. You know, they, they turned a blind eye to this issue. And I think part of our challenge from God is to make people aware to wake up, wake up all Americans, but in particular, uh, Christ followers and the church, because this is a church issue. This is going to take the church to solve this problem. I believe God is calling the church to fight and eradicate and solve the problem of human trafficking. Um, what is what do you think ultimately kind of keeps people from? taking a step? Well, there's a lot of reasons, I believe. One is apathy. People don't really care, to be honest with you. They can say they care. Talk is cheap. Action speaks louder than words. Uh, unless it's their child or grandchild or or niece or nephew or someone close to the family, they look away. They don't want to get involved in the fight. Uh, that's That's one reason. People just don't care. Uh, There's a level of apathy and lack of compassion and lack of concern for kids in America. Our kids are under attack uh, in a lot of different ways. And this is just one of the worst and gross and most evil way possible that men are paying to rape our kids. And people are looking the other way. Uh, Lawmakers uh, won't uh, pass the right laws. Judges, uh, prosecutors... Uh, eight attorney generals won't 
enforce the laws. Uh, people just don't want to get in a fight because it's an ugly fight. Uh, it's evil. It's really spiritual warfare, and most people uh, really don't know their Bible well enough to know how to fight the devil and the enemy. I'm just being honest with you, and you know, cancel me if you want, but that's the truth. People want to cancel the truth, but I'm going to speak the truth. So that's part of it. I think people have a, a lot of other things on their plate and they don't know how to prioritize. Um, people are, are looking to kind of fill the void in their life with different things. Uh, a lot of it's material possessions or they're running after certain worldly things and they don't really understand how valuable and how satisfying it is to do something to help someone else, especially to protect kids and to either try to rescue kids from this horrendous evil and to bring restoration or to prevent it from happening is probably the most important thing because we can open all the safe homes, we can do all the, uh, the victim services, but unless we stop men from doing this, uh, we're never going to open up enough safe homes or have enough victim services to, to bring an end to this evil. As, when you first got involved in this, you know, uh, you weren't told like, this is exactly what you need to do, right? You, you, you kind of came in like, what do I need to do? Like with that mindset and what was like, what spoke to you as one of the first things that kind of you needed to be involved in? Like, was it legislation? Was it getting the church? Was it spreading awareness? Like what, what was the calling you felt in the very beginning when starting U.S. Institute? I think probably the first response that I felt was necessary for me after having all the information, researching it, studying it, meeting people that were somewhat in the fight already was that I needed to make Americans, people in the United States aware that this was a, a domestic problem. This wasn't an international or foreign problem. Uh, it is, but it wasn't, uh, but wasn't, it wasn't on people's minds in America that this was really a problem, and this was really happening in our country to our own kids. Everybody now still says, and it's a problem with open borders, that we have kids being brought over and being sold uh, for sex or for labor trafficking. Uh, so people now think we have a problem with international kids being sold, and we do. It's a big problem in America now, but it's been a problem for a long time with our own American boys and girls being bought and sold for sex. So I think it's just for me early on was making people aware, trying to get, get the word out that this is a problem. And then once people are aware, I tried to find ways to get them involved in the fight. Uh, but it's been an uphill battle because most people don't want to know about it. And once they do know about it, they seem to not want to get engaged in the fight. So uh, it's been frustrating and, and, I don't have a child that's been trafficked or anyone uh, in my family. I know some uh, boys and girls now that have been trafficked that have become friends or part of my family. And uh, so I think it's just continuing finding creative ways to let people know that this is a problem in America. Our kids are being bought and sold for sex and that everyone can do something. It doesn't have to be a whole lot of things, but if everyone just did a little something, uh, taking a bite out of the apple, one bite at a time, we can move the needle and I think, you know, eradicate this problem. You talk about uh, William Wilberforce uh, when he 
ended slavery years and years and years ago, no one thought he could could accomplish that. It was a it was an important part of the fabric of our country, uh, uh, well, many countries that this was a, an issue. So, uh, and he defeated it, and uh, it's reared its ugly head again uh, in a different way now here in the United States with 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 boys and girls being and women and men being bought and sold for sex. Um. Yeah, you know, when we talk about Wilberforce in the very beginning, which was, it truly is a, it's just one example of the church really stepping up and changing culture and uh, that that ultimately prepares the kingdom of God. Um, but it took him, what, 20 years to even just get something passed. And it wasn't even um, uh, like, it didn't end slavery, you know, it just kind of like was the first step involved. Right, right. Um, but if he didn't do that, then when would it have ended, right? Um, now, so... I'm curious though, like you've mentioned to me before, like I've come to the grips that we'll never vote our way into ending human trafficking where, where no legislature is ever going to step up. Like in your experience and talking with legislation and stuff like that. And, and while I do want to preference that it's still important who we vote for um, yeah. and, and, and helping, you know, uh, change the culture in a good way and, and, and bring forth um, limitations uh, to help fight trafficking. But what have you experienced in trying to get legislation on your side that ultimately has sometimes hit a, hit a brick wall? I'm going to say a majority of our politicians are bought and sold uh, by uh, different sort of corporations and companies uh, that somehow, some way uh, are involved in being against legislation uh, to protect people from being trafficked. That could be online platforms. Uh, it could be um, people in my hometown of, of Las Vegas uh, that are making money off of sex. Um, you know, they say that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You know, working with legislators there, uh, there's a big push in Vegas to decriminalize prostitution, uh, to make it legal. They think this will help the problem. It's, it, it won't. Unfortunately, the stats and all the survivors I know uh, that at least 92% of all people that are in that sex industry, uh, prostitution, are in it because someone's forcing them to be in it. They're not in it by choice. Only about 5 to 8% of all women that are supposedly in prostitution uh, are in it because they choose to be. But now we've got legislators in Nevada that think that 8% of, of the women that are being forced uh, into prostitution uh, are more important than the 92%. And we know by data, by research, by studies, that if you legalize this, it's going to make the problem worse. The demand is going to escalate. Uh, it's going to open things up and there's not going to be enough supply. So more kids, more boys, more girls, more women are going to be forced into trafficking or what they want to clean up and call prostitution. So unfortunately, at the federal level, legislators, congressmen, senators, at the state level, legislators, assembly, men and women, they don't understand. Uh, they don't know the facts. And or they're being influenced 
by they're being bought and sold by somebody in the state, in the government, or in the country that deals with government lobbyists that want to keep make this legal, want to make pornography, which is a gateway into, for some, not for all, but for some, into buying sex from kids. Uh, we know that child porn is the number one uh, porn, uh, looked at porn uh, in the world. We have a problem. We have a problem with the hearts of men that think it's okay to buy sex to pay to rape kids. So we need legislators to understand that this is a slippery slope and that they need to not only pass laws and bills that will protect people from trafficking and bring victim services, but also go after demand. There has to be uh, an approach where legislators understand that men that do this need to be held accountable. But unfortunately, uh, people don't think it's a priority. And I don't understand why it, it boggles me. I have to think it's spiritual warfare. I have to think these are people that are blinded by truth. They don't know truth. So they're blinded and, and, and they don't understand. But if they, and, and part of me is that not only they don't understand, they don't want to know. They don't want to know the truth. So we're fighting an uphill battle. So I believe, yeah, we've got to use legislation. We've got to use law enforcement. We've got to use the various tools that we have. But we need the church to step up and to fight this because this, the church is the solution. Law enforcement, government, uh, politicians, uh, they aren't the only answer. They're part of the answer, but... They're not, I, I can't count on them to do the right thing. Uh, I can count on the church, hopefully, if they read their Bible, if they believe their Bible, if they try to live in obedience to the word of God, they'll take up this fight and do something. So that's where my hope lies. It lies in Jesus first and foremost, but it, but it lies in people that profess to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, for them to open up their ears and open up their eyes to the, to the magnitude of, of this problem in America, and it's in the neighborhoods of, of, of our churches. It's right around our churches, so they can't act like it's not happening close to them, and it's not their problem, because it is a problem for the church. And, and the call to action that we give in this episode five is um, is kind of, hey, help be, become an abolitionist. What the U.S. Institute is putting forth is this project to say, like, hey, if you want to be involved in this, like start here, just like subscribe and become an abolitionist. Just simply basically just follow us so we can keep on the, uh, discussing these things as we learn, we share. Um, the more you learn, the more you know how to adapt to uh, combating this. And um, something that I've learned in, in like this six to seven years that I've been, um, you know, educated about everything about around human trafficking and whatnot, um, you know, and, and it all started with the U.S. Institute. Um, you know, I, I realized that you almost think of this as a battlefield, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and us like fighting physically and, and bloody and all that. It, you almost like have this mindset around it. But then I, I have to remember what when talking biblically about how do we fight this, it's it is Jesus. Jesus didn't Jesus didn't fight. He sacrificed. Jesus mm -hmm. didn't um, Jesus didn't uh, argue. He loved uh, well, I should say he argued. I, Jesus didn't. Um, Jesus didn't attack. He um, he he loved, and 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 it was it was different than what other cultures, including 
you know, the, the, the religious mindset that people saw. And that's where we touched on that a lot in episode four of like, you know, at the end of the day, um, us combating this is going to create people that love Jesus more than you do. Um, and, uh, something that, um, you know, Savannah, uh, shared with us, um, in, a, in the podcast episode talking about episode three, um, was like, she shared that the person that truly mentored her, that really brought her to Christ in many ways too. Um, she didn't share her first story with her until she was until 11 years after their relationship really started. Um, and I said, and I asked her like, what, what, what let, what took so long in a, in a way, you know? And she just was like, I, like what, what, what made the effect was the consistency of like, you are not, they were not going to go anywhere. I think if some people think about this, uh, um, this fight, they think, okay, sign me up for the front lines. And then if it takes too long for me to get there, then ah, there's no fight, whatever. And that's where people keep dropping off of this fight. They get passionate, which is important, but then they lose sight of this is a long game. It took a long time to get here. It's going to take a long time to get out of it. Um, what encouragement can you give to the church with that mindset that it's going to take a long time? Patience is, is is key. It's a virtue. And I think that I'm still learning how to be patient. I'm not the best. So uh, <laughs> I, I can encourage people to be patient, but I got to encourage myself as well. And the only way I can do that is is really staying in the word of God and staying in prayer and praying for God to reveal to me things that I need to do. As you talk about how the church, uh, how Jesus approached people, and I think there's three things that come to my mind as you were talking is one, we have to be sacrificial and being sacrificial oftentimes means being patient and not only sacrificial, but we have to surrender. I've learned, I've learned, I've, I've been a fighter all my life. I used to get in a lot of fist fights all through college. People still know about me as a fighter. I still don't mind throwing down if I have to, Lord willing, I don't because <laughs> I'm old and I'll get my butt whooped, but, uh, but, but surrender to the will of God, meaning follow the word of God and, and, and listen and pray and seek him. And that means being sacrificial, being surrendered. But then it comes, as you just mentioned, Jeremy, we have to love. I'm learning how to love my enemies. I'm learning how to, to do things in love. And I'm, you know, in my mid sixties, and it's, I'm constantly learning what that means. So I think as Francis talks about Francis Chan in, in, in the Advocate series, uh, he talks about grace. I'm learning not only do I have the grace to fight this and God encourages me and blesses me in the fight and he's given me the grace to be in the fight. I need to share and show that grace to others because I don't always do that, to be honest with you. So that doesn't mean I ever compromise. I ever run from confrontation. I like confrontation. I like conflict. That's a different thing about me. My wife <laughs> doesn't understand, but I do believe that we are to show the love of Jesus. And a lot of that means truth, being telling the truth. We live in a culture now that lying is okay. The president lies, the vice president, senators, congressmen, government officials, uh, 
people that, that run co own companies, billionaires. So lying is becoming okay. And, and God says it's one of the seven sins that he hates the most is lying. So we need to represent the truth and the truth of God, the truth of the word. And, 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 and that means being sacrificial, being surrendered. And because sometimes I don't want to be that. I don't want to be what Jesus wants me to be. So I have an internal battle uh, of, of, of showing grace, showing love, being patient. So, uh, but to encourage the church, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like when I used to construct and build major league baseball teams to try to win world championships, everyone had their role on the team. Everyone knew what their responsibility was, what they needed to do for us to win. And oftentimes, at, no matter if it's major league baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, whatever sport, they know, teams know if they've got the talent, if they, know, if they have the ability the, to win, they know. They, they know within, within themselves. The church, I don't know if they know. I think they do, but they should know. The church, you are the solution. You are the remedy as David Crowder sings. You have the answers. You have the power of, uh, of Jesus. You have victory. You have the, the, the Holy Spirit. We can defeat this darkness because we have the tools. Jesus has equipped us for this fight to be the winner. We are the winner in the end, but we can win along the way as well. We can be champions in this fight. So I want the church to know that you are equipped. You can do it. It's not easy all the time. One step at a time, church, and we can protect kids and women, men from being trafficked. So uh, the church is the body of Christ. It's a reflection of who Jesus is. So we need to put that into action and, and we can win this fight. That's a, you know, that's a great illustration as you think about it. Like if, if you're, you're watching the world series, we'll use baseball naturally with the, the, the sport that we both agree with. Um, yeah. uh, you watch the world series and you know, you know, which team wins at the end. You'd never, when, when the team is doing bad in the middle of the game, you never think to yourself like, Oh no. Cause you already know the ending. You know that there's going to be a comeback. You know that there's going to be like, you just, you just know the result. So when, when we get discouraged by these stories, we can feel angry and we can use that anger toward passion of, of doing something um, about it by all means. But if we're leading with the mindset of like, oh my gosh, I, we better not lose. So let's react. That's going to, that's not going to end human trafficking. Right. What we have to do is lead the way of going, I know God's going to win. Uh, and so we have to go move forward with that confidence of hope. So to where that makes it easier for that, 10 year relationship with someone before they actually leave the life that makes right. it easier for someone who says, can I open myself uh, Can I open my home for foster care? Or right. is that going to create more problems in my life? It's like, who's going to win? It's going to be Christ. And right. you're and with, with sacrifices that are made. And so I want, I do want a church to hear that. I want a church to feel that. And, and, and as they, as they think about what they should be doing in this. And so so the call to action we give, and I want to discuss those three kind of categories that we talk about at the U.S. Institute is like, as an abolitionist, we're going to ask you to either help raise awareness, help volunteer, or help raise money. So we came with those three, and I'll help explain that a little bit. We came up with those th the, the three concepts because 
you know, awareness helps prevention. It goes into multiple segments, right? Um, volunteering, that's action. That's the people that can actually start doing something right away, right now. How can, uh, how can, uh, like some of you have talents and the passion to be involved in that right now and the time, right? Um, and then those who help can raise money. Some have talent of raising money. Some have the heart to raise money. Some have the, um, the, uh, the network, the, uh, the connections to do it. So like, what can you do? So let's talk about raising awareness for a moment. Um, what are ways that you want to see the church help raise awareness about this in more than more ways than just talking about it, more ways than what's already being done? Well, I think I'd love for pastors to preach about it from the pulpit at least once <laughs> is to share it from a biblical perspective, what's going on and what it looks like. And if they watch our advocate series, they'll get enough, enough points. It'd be an easy sermon for them. Uh, so one, I want the church, I want the pastors, I want the ministers, people that are uh, running these churches uh, to educate themselves and know about the subject matter. Then teach or preach at least once from the pulpit about it. Maybe have a small group do the advocate series about it. But once you learn about it, there's different things that you can do. You can take it into your sphere of influence. So if you work at a company or if you or on a sports team or whatever it is, wherever you do life, share this issue that that of human trafficking. Let people know that it's going on in, in your own neighborhood, in your own community. So I think sharing it within your spirit is, is a major thing. If you're on a softball team, if you play golf with some guys, uh, you're in a, in a tournament, golf tournament, no matter what it, where do you ever you do life, let people know that this is happening to our own boys and girls around the United States. Uh, then there's things you can do. You can reach out to your uh, local assembly uh, member, your local legislator, your local congressman or, or woman. Uh, you can, you, you, there's things you can do. You can get involved in uh, kind of uh, in different ways, letting people know that, you know, you can go to the media, you can go to different events, you can wear shirts, you can, uh, there's different ways. I, I leave a lot of that up, Jeremy, to the creativity of, mm -hmm. of, of the of the giftedness of, of, of individuals. There's different ways they can take the message that kids are not for sale, that, that we need to stop this. So I think that's a big part of it. Uh, the church can do that. The church can can share it with other churches. Pastors can share it with other pastors. If you're an ARC church, if you're in the Southern Baptist Convention, if you're uh, Presbyterian, whatever associations you are involved in, make sure that those people in those different associations know that this is a problem in their own hometowns. Uh, so there's a lot of creative ways you can do that. You know, if you're a student, you can do Make sure your school knows about it, your principal, the teachers, the counselors, uh, and, and there's education and training for schools that you can get access to. Uh, there's the PTA, uh, different moms have different groups and associations dealing with whatever their kids are, are, are involved in. There's just so many ways just to, to share the message 
and make people aware. And it's just, if you're passionate about it, if you want to protect kids, you'll find ways, creative ways to share it with the people in your sphere of influence. So uh, that's, that's just a little bit. There's, you know, you can post things on social media. Uh, you can post things on Instagram. There's all these things, TikTok. I, I don't understand a lot of the, you know, the social media ways to, to, to make things known. I'm learning, but there's so many ways you can get this word out and, uh, and look for opportunities and just do it. Just, just try it. Even if you don't think it's, if you don't know if it's exactly right or not, just get the word out. Kids are not for sale. Let's stop our kids from whatever it may be. So that would be my, uh, that would be some of my thoughts in regards to your question. Yeah. And, and, and we're, you know, the, the truth is we're trying to help make it as easy as possible by creating content like this, creating content in multiple ways that you don't have to create it. You just have to help share it. You have to and, share and embrace it too. You know, um, like when I first heard about this, all it was, was me. I, I first heard about traveling by helping P, uh, uh, you know, the U S Institute and other organizations help it create the content. And I was learning from them directly. And by you listening to multiple stories, and, and I know it's like, it seems like, well, that's a weird form of, uh, of entertainment, if you would, by listening to stories of survivors and stuff like that. And it's not entertainment. You, you got to look at it as you're learning by learning their stories. You're learning more ways that people are trafficked and more ways that people are vulnerable to becoming trafficked and more ways that we can be light and light in the shadows. Right. So, um, it, it change, helps change your mindset. You make a really good point. I think, you know, what's really big now around the country, around the world is influencers. Mm -hmm. So we always talk about the influencers that have a half a million, a million, three million, five million, whatever number of influencers they have. But if, even if you only have three people that you influence or yeah. one, yeah, if you influence one person about this subject, that person might influence one and then boom, we've got something going sure. or then. So I think use your own reach, your own sphere of influence, influence those in your circle, those that you know, and just pump it out there and, and create some awareness. And you never know somebody you might influence might influence thousands. So uh, there's an opportunity for, for everybody to get in this fight and, and, and just, in just this one way that we're talking about now. So mm -hmm. take advantage of it. Every, pretty much everybody's got either Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, or whatever stuff's out there and use it to tell people and make people aware that, uh, about human trafficking. Now, before I go on to the next two points, I want, I don't, I don't want to glaze over this, you, you know, especially with what you're wearing, the kids not for sale hat. Um, and you've mentioned it before, uh, a, like kind of like a sister company or a, a, a campaign that the U S Institute, um, uh, launched that you, you know, you're heading up in uh, Nevada is uh, kids not for sale. So uh, right. I want you to tell me a little bit about like what that campaign is about. Well, it's not directly uh, part of the Institute, United States Institute Against Human Trafficking. It was created kind of as an, uh, as an offshoot, as a, as a next step or as a campaign, you could say, focused on Las Vegas, Nevada, on Clark County, which is where Las Vegas is in Nevada and the whole state of Nevada. Let's, let's get direct 
focus on an area of the country. The United States Institute Against Human Trafficking is broad. We're kind of all over the country. We have trafficking-free zones uh, where we equip communities to get in the fight. We have them all over the country. We have abolitionists all over the country. We do project reach out in various parts of the country. But this was a direct, uh, a way to direct our focus on trying to stop child sex trafficking in one specific location, and that was Las Vegas. That was, I moved there five and a half years ago to fight this. Uh, the problem is a lot of people making money off sex in Las Vegas. Uh, it's part of the culture. And even though people say it's not okay for kids to be bought and sold, they don't do anything about it. So to me, they're condoning it. If you don't stop it, you're helping it, you know, move forward. So, uh, so kids not for sale is one. It's it's awareness. It's trying to inform legislators. Although we don't really lobby, we just try to educate people. Trying to get the casinos to do all they can do. Working with the Clark County sheriffs, the Las Vegas Metro Police, just working with the within the community, almost like a trafficking free zone. We don't call ourselves that, but it's kids not for sale because the name wakes people up. Mm-hmm. And now we have posters in the Las Vegas, the Harry S was the, the, the McLaren airport. It's now the Harry, Harry S Reed airport, which is a Las Vegas airport. We have posters, kids not for sale posters up there. So one, it's about awareness Two, it's about a call to action. Three, it's about trying to get people to collaborate and work together, trying to get anti-human trafficking curriculum trainings into schools. Kids got to know what grooming looks like. Kids need to know what's going on so that they can protect themselves and their friends. Parents need to know that this is a problem so that they can protect their kids and their kids' friends. But unfortunately, a lot of principals and a lot of school superintendents don't want this in their schools. They use politics. They use resources. They use its sex. They use whatever other excuses. Instead of educating our kids to protect them and to prevent them from getting caught up into child sex trafficking, they look the other way or they give some lame excuse. People, this is one way that people can get involved in the fight. Make sure the kids at your school, the principal, is it knows that this is going on in your community and they need to do something about it. And the school superintendent for your district or your or your county or or however it's set up in your particular location. So Kids Not For Sale is has a laser focus in Las Vegas, trying to bring everybody together to fight this, to eradicate it in Las Vegas on the strip, throughout Clark County, and hopefully throughout the state of Nevada. I mean, they're, they're, traffickers are going after um, vulnerable children, which are easy, it's easily accessible at the school, and then it's mm-hmm. e- they consider it to be easily accessible in the church. That's something, that's a good point that's just really, uh, I think we've learned in the last few months that they're now targeting church kids, church camps, uh, because they believe the church kids are vulnerable. Uh, they believe they're naive. They don't believe they're properly protected. They believe they're, they're uneducated. Educated. Yeah, they're, they're uneducated, as as you, as you just said or no. So churches, you got to step up. Even if you don't want to do anything about your community, you got to protect your own kids and grandkids and and young people in your church uh, from being caught up into this. There are sending recruiters in 
to look for the kids that are vulnerable or have low self-esteem or they believe are susceptible to being trafficked. So you can't look away anymore. You can't use that excuse. Well, it don't happen in our church. Well, uh, it's starting to happen in, in churches and it has for a while all across America. So churches wake up and uh, get involved in this fight. So let's talk about the second thing about volunteering. Um, you know, you talked about uh, the, our trafficking free zones, you know, that you could kind of say that's almost like an awareness campaign in itself, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, like ways that you could volunteer directly, um, like just at us Institute would be, you know, trafficking free zones. Like how can you help recruit businesses to ult- what trafficking free zone is? Um, you can l- look at it more on our website and I'll, I'll include the link in the description, but um uh, ba- the basics of it is to go out to businesses and say, hey, please consider yourself a trafficking-free zone so that you're educated and can see possible buyers. Because a lot of times buyers are going to restaurants, hotels, and and you know they're out in public and businesses can kind of help see this. So the business owner says, yeah, I want to claim this proclamation that my brand, my, my business is a trafficking-free zone. And then they also help educate their employees. Not only is that a mass way of awareness, but it also can create um, uh, 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 safer environments for really all of us and, and possibly preventing and, and catching uh, predators. Well, it not only makes people aware, but it gives them the trafficking free zone, gives them two or three ways they can tangibly take action. Mm-hmm. Uh, either if it's a business, either through HR policies, uh, through hosting certain types of anti-human trafficking events, uh, Volunteering, I think, if it, 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 it could be done at the church, uh, and at the church you could basically host a kind of a, a, a project where you are either calling or uh, different people to make them aware, be it business leaders or politicians or government people or school principals or just people of influence that you could that you could touch in 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 and educate and, and, and try to get engaged. Uh, you can volunteer at NGOs, at, uh, at nonprofits that are specifically fighting this. Uh, I know a lot of nonprofits, ministries that are in this fight, they need volunteers to help sending out letters, uh, doing a lot of administrative work, but also being part of different events that they have. I know we have a 5K race that we have volunteers that help us uh, get people involved in, in the race, uh, that work at the race, that do different, you know, different jobs and have responsibilities for the race. There's galas. You can get involved in helping set up a gala to help raise money. There's different ways you can volunteer. There's, you know, you can maybe volunteer at your local, uh, state legislator. Uh, they're always looking for volunteers. There's different ways you can volunteer your time and it doesn't always take a whole lot of time, but I believe you can be strategic and you can can pick those volunteer opportunities that actually move the needle to make a difference. But if you want to get involved, there's ways to get involved. And there's people, uh, organizations, uh, churches, businesses, uh, even law enforcement sometimes have people uh, that can volunteer uh, at certain times of the year. So you know, with, with the workforce, with people not wanting to work anymore, and we're seeing a problem around the country that people would rather stay home and, and draw unemployment and get their welfare checks, uh, there's an opportunity now for people to volunteer and to actually get work done 
that's really important. So if you're really, truly interested in, in, in getting involved in, in volunteering, you can, you can find those opportunities and you can come to our website. We can, uh, we can help point you in the right direction as well. Yeah, as becoming an abolitionist as part of our program is to help plug you into um, organizations that we partnered with and are still partnering with around the nation, you know, um, and, and doing multiple things. So uh, I, I, there's a lot to unpack there. We probably have an entire episode about like where, where and how to volunteer. But um, going into the next thing, uh, fundraising. Now, it's like the thing that no one wants to talk about. I want to have action. I want to. Uh, OK, well, it takes a lot of money. Oh, well, all of a sudden crickets. Right. Um you know, like putting this advocate series together has, has been uh, a big, uh, uh, take, takes a lot of funds. You know, it's, yeah. it's a lot of work and it's a lot of time. It's a lot of hours. Um, and it's a lot of advertising, you know, I've been fundraising in this space for a long time now, and there's various challenges, no matter what you're fundraising for. It's always, I think difficult. Uh, it's really not fundraising, it's friend raising. So, what I think is the most effective way to fundraise is to uh, try to get the people that you know that are your friends or want to be your friends or they, they think you're your friends uh, to donate. And, you know, people say, well, I can't donate much. Well, if you, you if you pass on that one latte a week and it's five bucks at the end of the month, you got you're at 20 bucks that can move the needle in the fight against trafficking. So your 20 bucks and say a hundred other people has 20 bucks. Now we're looking at $2,000. That's a lot of money. So the other thing I realized too, in fundraising is businesses now uh, seem to have more of an appetite to give uh, corporately to various uh, causes. And I just don't think they know enough about how they can help in this cause with their, with their donations. So you can, you can contact businesses to see, are you philanthropic uh, uh, at all? Do you give money to various causes? Would you be willing to give money to help fight, you know, child sex trafficking in your community? So, uh, and then, you know, most of us, not all, all of us, but most of us know wealthy folks that have a lot of money, make a lot of money. And, and some of them give a lot of money away, ask them to start giving. I mean, we'll provide the information, you know, we'll provide whatever they need to be comfortable with, with the legitimacy uh, of our ministry, of our organization. I've got a lot of friends that write five, ten, twenty thousand $20,000 checks. They know that I'm in this fight. Uh, they want to help me in the battles that we have. So, uh, and I'm thankful we have, you know, if you know uh, of a family foundation, a private foundation, a community foundation, we have a, a people that have their own big foundations that support us in this fight. So there's, there's, there's people with money, there's businesses with money, there's foundations with money. Uh, it's out there. You know, what Jeff Rogers used to say, the guy that, you know, co-founded the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking with me used to say is, you know, we talked about this a lot is the money's out there, but we haven't done a very good job on explaining our fight and what's going on. Uh, you know, we say God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he owns the hills. God has not, I believe, until now, until recently, the last few years, opened up his purse strings uh, to support the fight because I don't think 
we as ministries, nonprofits, NGOs, were ready to receive the resources because we didn't know, I don't think for a long time, how to best spend the money to get the biggest bang for our buck, to make the biggest difference. And I think God has now realized those in this fight, some of them are faithful and 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 using the money to make make differences for uh, for to eradicate this problem. So there's some people you know you can't if, if somebody tells you no, that's okay. It's it, you know you got to knock on doors, you got to ask people. I I learned a long time ago. You know I've had good friends that say hey that have money that say hey Kevin, you know why have you never asked me for money? I said mm, I thought you knew I, what I was doing that I didn't have to ask you. You knew so. You you donate to to me helping help, help me fight this, and they said no. You've got to ask. So people out there, you can really become a fundraiser, and don't don't determine your success based on the amount, you know, because the you know we look in the Bible, the widow's might, the widow's might can make the biggest difference in this fight. So it can be a dollar, five dollars, ten, twenty, a hundred, a thousand, and on up. Everybody can do something. Ask. Ask people that you know with resources. Ask businesses. Ask churches. You know, churches got some churches have the resources to to donate to, to be involved in this fight. So don't be afraid to ask because you know if they say no, it's it's not personal. But uh, I know a lot of people are afraid to ask. Ah, I don't I, I don't feel good. Why? Why not? Ask. All they can do is say no, and then you move on to the next person. So. Uh, I've learned, I've gotten a lot of no's in my life and you just keep knocking on doors and keep asking and, and thank God that he's been faithful. And I have friends that have resources and we have people that are giving $5 a month to the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking. People are giving $25 a month to Kids Not For Sale. So, so people are supporting our, our cause, our fight. So I thank everyone out there that has written a check or donated to us and uh, you're making a difference and you're going to be blessed for that. You might not know how or when or where, but I believe God's blessing people that that are that are helping fight this evil because uh, he wants it to be. Uh, he wants it. He's given us we're the hands and feet of Jesus. He's given us the opportunities to protect kids and to prevent kids from getting involved in this. So let's go and do what we can do. You know, I want to end with um, a call to action on that note on asking. Uh, you know, we're, as we're trying to distribute, um, advocate throughout this nation, it's going to take some funds, uh, some advertising and, and costs associated with that. Um, you know, so my first gas to everybody, uh, this was the, the big, the best campaign I've ever seen done. This was for a, another organization, a small organization here in, in Florida that I was able to help be a part of. They raised uh, over a hundred thousand dollars within three months by this little ask, by this little thing that, um, that, that, that we all asked. Can you um, donate $5 and then ask five friends to also donate $5? But I'm going to push beyond that. I want you to talk to five friends or family members that you know of, of uh, and other churches that could use this Advocate series. I want you to talk about this Advocate series, spread the awareness of this Advocate series to other church members, but then put some money behind it by giving $5. It's a free resource. We are, we want it to be free. We don't, we're not trying to make profit from this. We truly are not. We just need some funds to help push it larger. And if you can just give $5 right now and ask others to do this exact same, 
if they can then contact five people about Advocate Series as well as donate $5, this will help push this Advocate Series quicker than you could ever imagine. And so that's my ask to everybody listening to this right now is start, start, start there. You haven't ever, you always want to know where to start. Start there. You're helping raise awareness, you're helping raise funds, and you're volunteering some of your time. That's Mm -hmm. the quickest and easiest way to start something right now. So I ask you to do that. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for um, spending some time with us and, 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 and thank you for, thank you for heading this up and and for doing, and and listening to the call that you had to, um, to launch the U S Institute against human trafficking, to launch kids, not for sale, to put um, uh, time, effort and funds into creating this advocate series. Um, You know, you've done a whole lot over the last 10 years and, and, and you've, you were the one that introduced me to this fight. And, um, and, and if we just keep on doing this with each other, I think we truly will see a dent. And so, um, so thank you, Kevin, Kevin, I want you to go and pray for us. Um, as we, uh, as we, as we launch this heavenly father, we're just in awe of you. Uh, we just want to fall down before your throne at your feet and just praise you for loving us, praise you for giving us the hope that we have praise you and honor you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins and then rose up three days later to give us the victory over death. Lord, we're just in all of you. I can't imagine doing life without you, Father God. I just cry out and ask you, Lord, to bless the Advocate series, bless churches, bless believers, bless anyone that hears this podcast to, to get involved, Lord, and to Provide them with wisdom, guidance, and direction to to how best for them uh, to get involved in this fight against human trafficking. Lord, we're just in all of you. We know it's your heart, Lord, to love on others, to protect kids, to prevent this from happening. And Lord, we just want people to come to know you. And part of the way that we can do that is, is reflecting your majesty and your glory through serving others loving on others and helping others that's victims uh even lord loving on 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 pimps and buyers which is hard for me to say lord but they need to know your son jesus they need the they need the hope that comes only through you so we just thank you for this the anointing you've put on this this advocate series i thank you for blessing jeremy paper jacket and jack and all the people there that have put this together. I pray that you will continue to use them to to make this problem known around the country and to provide ways to get involved in the fight, the solutions that are necessary. And Lord, I just thank you for putting your blessing, your favor on this Advocate five-part series, five episodes, Lord, on how we as believers and how the church can learn about trafficking, be educated, learn how to get engaged in the fight, take, take action, Lord, and to, and and to bring you honor. So Lord, we're just grateful. We just praise you. We just thank you. Give us the strength and the courage to move forward. Protect us from evil. And Lord, just bless us with wisdom. And I pray that you would open all the right doors and keep all the wrong ones closed so that we can get the word out to protect uh, our citizens, our boys and girls, men and women from being trafficked. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name, Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for being with us on the Trafficking Free America podcast and um, in the season two of 
uh, continuing and further discussion about our Advocate series. Um, if you have not heard of or do not know where to download our Advocate series, please go to advocateseries.com and you will find a link to ultimately access all the videos, download our study guide. All this is for free. And we also put some additional resources on that website so that you can, uh, as you deep dive into these episodes, you can uh, access our resources to kind of get a better idea on on, on educating yourself, um, uh, getting some ideas on how you can get plugged into um, ultimately uh, combating human trafficking if you feel inspired or you feel God calling you to, to do more. The U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking created this Advocate Series to help educate the church so that they know a little bit better of an idea of how they can react in a Christ-centered way on combating human trafficking. And one of the action steps we give is to, is to actually become an abolitionist. When I say become an abolitionist, I mean by going to usiaht.org slash abolitionist and signing up to be an abolitionist. It's our abolitionist project. It is ultimately a way for you to subscribe and receive resources. Every time, on a daily basis, we're trying to create content and find more resources and more ways to um, rally and unite uh, the church together and others together to um, combat human trafficking. And by signing up as an abolitionist, you get resources right away from us to do that. But we also ask our abolitionists to get involved in one of three ways. It is to either uh, help raise awareness. That could be anything from sharing things on social media, just continuing, uh, continually, continually talking about this with your friends and family, uh, those who are uh, you can influence in your community, possibly even taking our TFC program, our TFZ trafficking free zone program, bringing that to businesses so that they can become TFC zone uh, trafficking free zones, and uh, may or maybe taking this advocate series to churches or other any group you want to and and helping raise awareness. Another way is to volunteer. If you want to volunteer, we have a program. We have several programs at the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking that you can actually um, uh, get involved in right away as a volunteer. But also, you know, this is a nationwide thing, and we are uh, continually partnering with other organizations such as safe homes, foster care agencies that are uh, in pregnancy centers, multiple places, multiple resources that are helping combat human trafficking or helping the marginalized that really affect, um, you know, those who are being groomed or brought into human trafficking. And so uh, if you are, if your heart is to volunteer, if you want to spend your time doing that, we want to help get you plugged in. So by signing up as an abolitionist, and if you want to volunteer, you can actually schedule a consultation meeting with our team at the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking to uh, help get plugged in in the right way, like where, where you're located, as well as your time, as well as your talents and skills and heart. We help try to partner you with the right, with the right organization to uh, to start start getting involved. And the third aspect is helping raise raise funds. Um, you know, even making this advocate series is thousands of dollars. Uh, creating content and helping raise awareness on a continual basis costs a lot of money. These organizations that we're going to help you help plug you into, everyone needs funds to help make this happen. Um, we are fighting a one hundred and fifty billion dollar industry. And if we're coming in with um, with uh, pennies compared to that, it's going to be a longer haul, right? It's going to be a harder fight, and and it's going to take longer, and there's going to be more victims. Um, money is definitely not power, but money is a natural resource to help those who are being marginalized. This entire thing started with money, and we can combat it with good. 
Um, if you have a talent for raising money, I want you to help us raise money. I want you to help fundraise, whether it's giving yourself, whether it's getting others rallied around this to give to the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking, or it's rallying around your local organization that you know is combating human trafficking and you can help them. Ultimately, we need you to um, help raise funds. Ignoring the fact that funds are a need is ignoring the fact that people are in need. These funds will help those people. And I want you to make sure, I want to make sure you're researching. And if you want to talk to the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking to help make sure you're choosing a good organization that's truly putting, you know, their money where their mouth is, um, that's another thing we're trying to help too. We're trying to weed out those who are doing good compared to those who are maybe just, you know, exploiting the fight against human trafficking, which is also real. So guys, um, thank you for listening to, the, to today's podcast. Again, if you're ready to get involved after watching the Advocate series, I encourage you to go to usiaht.org slash abolitionist and actually sign up. Um, and if you have not watched this Advocate series, please go to advocateseries.com and download and watch this five video series and then go and sign up to become an abolitionist because I promise you, um, you're going to feel um, pulled the, into helping in any way possible. Thank you.